Welcome to the Hashcast, a short show focused on mining Bitcoin at home, brought to you every 2016 blocks at the time of the difficulty adjustment. This is episode 366. Today is June 8th, 2022. I'm your host, Econo Alchemist. This show offers you a chance to catch up on the last two weeks of Bitcoin mining stats, news, developments, home miner setups, and any breaking privacy implications. I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. First things first, we will jump into the difficulty adjustment itself using bitrar.com. I'm getting a late start this morning, so we're already several blocks into epoch number 367, but epoch number 366 concluded as of block height 739871, and that brought with it a positive difficulty adjustment of 1.29%. That brings the total difficulty up to 30.28 trillion from 29.8 trillion. We're about halfway through 2022 now and hash rate is not climbing as fast as some believed it would be. Uh, There were projections at the end of 2021 stating that the overall network hash rate would be around 300 to 350 exahash and i would be really surprised if the network broke 250 exahash by the end of the year call me crazy but we've had eight positive difficulty adjustments so far this year and we've had four downward difficulty adjustments so far this year reasons for that can include things like you know overall global disruptions in logistics and supply chain and just how difficult it is to get infrastructure built out. There were a lot of commitments at the end of 2021, a lot of capital put on the line. Uh, It just doesn't seem like there's that kind of follow through like we were expecting at that time. Um, You know, anything could happen, call me crazy, but I would really be surprised if Exahash got over 250 before um before the end of the year here i mean if you think about it like the the year started off at like 200 exahash let's see i mean according we'll look at another chart too but according to this one if we go to january 2022 hash rate was about 209 you know let's let's look at this chart i'll put this on dark mode so yeah, if we look at this chart, we'll just zoom into one year. And if we go back to January, 2022, according to this chart, the network hash rate was 174, almost 175 exahash. And so, you know, really from the beginning of the year to now, which, you know, now we're in, in the sixth month, uh, this chart says that it's 215 exahash hash so that's only a gain of like 40 exahash something like that so you know here we are at 215 if we got another 40 exahash and hit 255 exahash by the end of the year i'd be surprised but um or you know i i think that's right about where it's gonna hit right around 250. it'll be interesting to find out either way but Uh, You know, that goes to show and highlight why it's important to use a couple different hash rate charts when you're trying to, uh, you know, figure out what the hash rate is. It's like 
there's no data point in the blockchain that hash rate can be pulled from. It's just kind of a best guess based on how long it's taking in between blocks and what the current difficulty is. So where this one says that it was 209 exahash on January 1st, and this one says that it was 174, you know, that's a pretty big difference. It's like a 35 exahash difference, 34 exahash difference. So um, that has to do with the windows, this particular chart here, which we're looking at bitinfocharts.com. This one uses a 14 day moving average, and I'm not sure what the moving average used on this chart is, but it's something shorter, so it makes that hash rate look a lot more whippy, and you get these spikes and valleys where you know that may not be exactly accurate to what's happening in the real world so just be aware of that okay that's the state of hash rate and difficulty right now let's jump into asic prices so asic prices continue to drop i'll go ahead and move my camera out of the way here there you go you should be able to see that so if we're looking at the most efficient ASICs right now, they're going for $62.59 a terahash. Let's get our calculator out. So if you want to buy a 110 terahash ASIC, you're going to multiply that by 62 point, what did I say? 59, 6,800 bucks. So yeah, I mean, the most efficient ASICs are probably going to be dropping below $7,000 here soon if they haven't already. Uh, let's look at the prices in Bitcoin. That means you'll be paying about 208,000 sats per terahash. So let's do the math on that. Um, most efficient ASIC, 110 terahash times 0 0.002087. So yeah, you're going to be spending just about a quarter of a Bitcoin on a brand new S19J Pro or what's minor M30S Plus. So think about that, you know, that's a lot of Bitcoin. Um, you could have bought a miner for less Bitcoin when the price of Bitcoin was around $60,000. Um, so you may not wanna be spending that much Bitcoin on a miner, something to be thinking about. If you have the fiat currency, yeah, that's, you know, prices are dipping just about what they were as far as the most efficient ones are concerned. Prices are back to where they were when the China ban was happening. So I think this is a good buying opportunity, but I also think that prices are going to continue to go downwards. And I say that because of how difficult it's been for hash rate to like climb and just punch through these all-time highs like they were expecting it to do back at the end of 2021. Like people made a lot of commitments and they're having a difficult time following through on those commitments. And so I think you've actually got a lot of Bitcoin miners just sitting on shelves collecting dust, not being ran right now because people are having trouble getting the infrastructure in place or whatever sort of production hangups they're encountering something is happening where these asics aren't going online as fast as they thought they were going to be and when you borrow a lot of fiat to do something like that and you don't follow through 
usually that fiat has to get paid back at some point. So I imagine that a lot of these shelved ASICs are just gonna get liquidated. And when that happens, then I think there's gonna be even more abundance of hardware on the market, driving prices even lower. And you know, the other thing too is like the price of Bitcoin in US dollar terms has just been grinding down for like the last over two months. And so that's certainly not helping people boost their confidence in taking a bunch of fiat and investing in Bitcoin mining. But, you know, again, don't make financial decisions based on what you hear me say. I definitely think that prices are going to go lower. Uh, I definitely think hash rate and difficulty are going to continue to climb, although I don't think they're going to punch through the all-time highs of like 300 exahash like people thought they were going to. Um, yeah, that's my two cents on it. Cool. So what does that mean? Let's look at insights.brains.com. Where do you stand if you've got an S9? Well, you're breaking even at about six cents per kilowatt hour. So if you're paying anything more than six cents per kilowatt hour and you're running an S9, then just be aware that you're spending more money operating that S9 than the value in sats that you're earning. And that might be totally fine with you. Again, you may have been dollar cost averaging through your electricity bill for a long time. And the fact that you're paying a little bit more than what the current sats are worth, then that may not be a big deal because you're just like increasing your average, your, your dollar cost average number. If you're running some of the most efficient ASICs like a M30S Plus, you're breaking even at 15 cents per kilowatt hour. If you're running an S19 Pro, you're breaking even at 18 cents per kilowatt hour. So keep an eye on that. Um, if that's important to you, you know, I think this is more important for people who are living on a Bitcoin standard who have to sell Bitcoin in order to pay the electricity bill. If you have a fiat job and you're just running one or two miners in your basement and you can pay that bill out of pocket, you know, you're doing pretty good and you're going to be doing all right for a while, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, that's that's all I wanted to say about that. Cool. Let's jump into news. This one comes from Bitcoin Magazine, and this is about a Denver-based Bitcoin mining company called Crusoe. And they went through a fundraising round or a capital raising round, I should probably say, and they came up with 505 million dollars of that 350 million dollars was invested by the oman investment authority in the middle east and they are interested in having this company uh, go out there to oman and use bitcoin miners to help them contain flared gas apparently oman accounts for 38 percent of the world's burning of excess natural gas from oil wells. Forgive me, not Oman alone, but the entire Middle East and North African region accounts for 38% of the world's burning of excess natural gas. So, I mean, think about that for a second. Imagine all the natural gas used in the world and think about how much of that is being flared and then think about 38% of that flared gas being brought directly to market through Bitcoin. 
that's pretty huge because if they're figuring this out, then I think a lot more people are going to be following suit. Anyone who has assets like natural gas assets or oil wells that have natural gas or coal mines that have pockets of natural gas or methane, they will want to use their assets as efficiently as possible. And Bitcoin is a way for them to do that without having to put in the infrastructure requirements of like pipelines or getting trucks out there to, you know, haul the the resources to another location where they can be processed. Like using Bitcoin miners, you can just be using your energy assets and bringing it directly to market right there on site without all these extra bells and whistles. So, you know, I think that's a good thing and we'll see what happens. In other news, Joe Biden's White House is interested in coming up with some policies regarding Bitcoin miners. Ooh, scary. The Biden administration is teeing up policy recommendations to lower cryptocurrency mining's energy consumption and emissions footprints, making its first major foray into a poorly understood industry that critics say threaten U.S. climate goals and strains the power grid. Okay, that right there, self-own. Not sure if you are familiar with what a self-own is, but it's where you like try to point out the flaws in someone else and you yourself are making that flaw. So if this is a poorly understood industry, then the critics saying that it threatens U.S. climate goals and strains the power grid are clearly misunderstanding it. So fuck off. I really don't care what the Biden administration comes up with, it's probably not going to have any impact on the way I interact with Bitcoin or the way many home miners interact with Bitcoin. It might have some impl implications for like large scale miners that are already in the regulatory crosshairs that have to abide by whatever rules or policies that the federal government puts out. Uh, you know, the large scale miners have fiduciary duties and investors best interests to watch out for. So, you know, they're like in a position where they need to comply with this stuff where like home miners. Nope, there's like really nothing you can say or do to force a home miner to change what they're doing. That's like totally up to them and their conscious and what choices they make. So I'm not worried about anything the Biden administration saying or doing having a negative effect on Bitcoin as a whole. Bitcoin is going to be fine no matter what. Like imagine an absolute worst case where the United States totally bans all Bitcoin mining similar to what happened in China. I don't think they would be that stupid to try, but let's just say worst case scenario they did. Okay, so a bunch of hash rate from like miners that are publicly known, large miners that are already in the regulatory crosshairs, like maybe they shut down their operations and move them, but there's still going to be a lot of Bitcoin mining happening within the United States. And say like best case scenario, the Biden administration comes out and says, we're just keeping our hands off of this one and not 
doing anything. Um, <laughs> I think really the best thing the government could do is just nothing, just stay out of it. Um, so in that best case scenario, I think that it doesn't really change things anyways. I think we just kind of keep doing what we're doing. And then you wind up with states like New York looking like total fools. Anyways, have a read on that one. See what you think. It'll be linked in the show notes. Let's move on to development. So Zero Hedge put out an article titled, These Public Oil Companies Are Joining Forces With Bitcoin Miners to Reshape the Industry. This is sort of a combination of several news stories into one article, uh, but it just kind of like highlights how much oil companies are moving toward using Bitcoin to help make their energy assets more efficient. So we've talked about a lot of these on this show already because a lot of these stories are from the past. I don't think there's really any like new headlines in here. It just kind of combines a lot of them. Uh, so it's nice to see them in a list like that. But just to kind of recap what oil companies have gotten involved there's exxon mobil there's ConocoPhillips, there's marathon oil there's eog resources the texas pacific land corporation and in russia there's gazprom uh and in australia there's bengal energy and so all of these oil companies you know they want to be efficient they want to do they want to work smarter, not harder, and Bitcoin can help them do that. You know, you've got these large oil wells and the natural gas is a byproduct of that process. So, you know, they have to do something with that natural gas. They're just going to like vent it to atmosphere or flare it. And that's just, you know, venting is terrible for the environment. Flaring, a little bit better for the environment, but just not efficient at all. Or you could use that natural gas to run through a internal combustion engine and have that engine turn a generator. And that internal combustion process burns the energy a lot more efficiently than just like flaring it with a flame. So um, that's better for the atmosphere. And it actually like uses that energy in a way that it's productive and brings that productivity directly to a digital market where there's no like physical infrastructure needed. There's no pipeline needed for that. There's no trucks needed for that. So again, like I was saying with that Crusoe company and what they're going to be doing in the Middle East, you know, all of these oil and gas companies are going to be using Bitcoin to help make their operations more efficient. It just makes the most sense. Uh, let's move on to another development. This one was, I don't know if this was satire or like how serious Jason Williams is. If you're not familiar with Going Parabolic, he's, uh, he's an author and he got in on Bitcoin pretty early and has a lot of it and he's very rich. He says that he's working on this really cool project to buy a cruise ship and create a floating nuclear power plant. It will contain two KLT-40C naval propulsion reactors with about 35 megawatt capacity each. The intentions are to mine Bitcoin with the power and provide medical care to different regions as well. Um, so, 
this is what he's talking about, you know, buying a large cruise ship like that, gutting it, turning it into a big floating Bitcoin mine running on nuclear energy. Honestly, kind of a cool idea. I mean, why not? We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if he was just joking or how serious he is about this, but I guess if anyone can do it, he's got the capital to go after a project like this. So we'll see what happens. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. In other developments, BitRAR, back to BitRAR.com, they have added this interactive globe that you can click on and drag to see where different Bitcoin nodes are at uh, in different parts of the world. So I thought that was interesting. And I didn't really realize this about BitRAR, but they actually have like a lot of... really cool metrics. If you go to the, let's see, if you go to resources and scroll down to Bitcoin analytics and view charts, dude, they've got stock to flow, Bitcoin profitable days, exchange reserves, multi mayor multiple, Satoshi per dollar, rainbow chart, Fear and greed index, yearly candles, monthly returns, heat map. Um, so that's all like technical analysis stuff if you're into that. If you're more into like the network statistics, there's circulating supply, network difficulty, hash rate versus price, having countdown, difficulty estimator. Uh, there's adoption metrics that map out which countries have made Bitcoin legal. Uh, Bitcoin node map, which is the one we were just looking at, Bitcoin ATM map, Bitcoin ATM growth, Bitcoin treasuries, so like which companies are holding Bitcoin in their, which publicly traded companies and private companies are holding Bitcoin in their treasuries, the flippening index, um, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. So BitRAR has a bunch of great resources. I definitely recommend checking them out. All right, let's take a look at home miners. If you are not following the network age, you may want to because they are getting into immersion mining and they made a really cool, simple aquarium. And they're using that waterfall method where you've got two separate chambers inside the aquarium and the overflow from one pours into the smaller one. And then that hot oil gets pulled out of there. It goes off to a radiator somewhere and then gets pumped back in and uh, then the process repeats and they have their s19 pro dunked in here i believe so um or maybe it's just an s19 they're doing 105 terahash eh, could be an s19 pro so yeah i mean that's pretty interesting one interesting thing I saw on here was that they had zero hardware errors. I know on my S19 Pro, I have like hundreds, if not thousands of hardware errors when I fire up my miner. Um, so that was interesting, but cool. All around, looks like it's working well. So give him a follow. Next home miner, back again, P Monkey BTC. 
And so if you've been following this story, he's he's been like tweaking this and trying to get his immersion set up going. And he's got this uh, radiator back here with the he's now installed a fan on that side, blowing the air up this way. And then I think these vents up here, he has them stuffed up right now, but I think those vents were attached to the top there so he could route that hot air uh, into other places of his home. But yeah, he's got the same kind of method here where you've got your immersion tank and then you've got like your um, two separate chambers and the overflow from the one drops into the other and then it gets pulled from there and goes through the radiator and then back into the tank. So keep an eye on this story. It's an interesting development, clean setup. I like the work he's doing, so check that one out. And then this home miner, Bitcoin Brappent, and he made this really cool enclosure that he calls the Bitcoin Bazooka. And I'm just gonna play this so you can hear it. Turn the volume on. Let's turn that down about halfway and restart the video. So it sounds very quiet, a little louder. There it is. So yeah, that works really well. He's got massive air vents on the intake and exhaust side. And I imagine that there's some sort of muffler in those as well. Uh, but then he's got these thick pieces of foam inside the enclosure and it just sounds good. It looks good. And he actually ended up bringing this to like a, a festival that was going on and the local TV station was interviewing him about it. So a lot of cool exposure there for him. And dude, awesome project. Give him a follow. It looks great. With that, we'll move into privacy implications. So there's this mining pool called Lincoin and they implemented PayNIMS. So what this means is that you can generate a PayNIM with a wallet like Samurai Wallet or Sparrow Wallet. Any BIP47 compatible wallet, you should be able to generate a PayNIM with. Uh, as far as I know, Samurai Wallet and Sparrow Wallet are the only wallets that have implemented BIP47. But with that, you make this PayNIM. And with your PayNIM, you get a static payment code. Sorry. With BIP47, you get a static payment code and the PayNIM is derived from that payment code. So anyways, you take your PayNIM and or payment code. I'm kind of using those two terms synonymously here. Um, but in any case, you put that information into your Lincoin account and then your mining rewards get sent to you using this payment code. And what's cool about this is that every time Lincoin sends you your mining rewards, they do it in a way that it uses a new address every single time. So there's no address reuse and you do not have to go back and manually change that address each time. So the concern with 
reusing addresses is that then it's known to anyone who is looking at that public information, it's known to them that the same entity owns the Bitcoin that has been deposited to that address again and again and again. And then they can follow those UTXOs wherever they get spent or that Bitcoin amount wherever it gets spent. And, you know, it's it's just bad for privacy to reuse the same address. So what I've been doing is I'll go in and change my reward address in between every single payout. And that's kind of annoying because it takes time and it's kind of a cumbersome process. You have to go into your settings and update that address. And then you get an email confirmation that you want to change it to the new address and you confirm that and you're good to go. Um, it's just it's just an added step. And there's just better ways to preserve privacy without the address reuse. And one of those ways is with pay names. And so Lintcoin is the first mining pool to have implemented that. And I think that's huge. It's a great privacy improvement. So, you know, check that out. And speaking of paynims, if you'd like to leave me a donation, you can do so with my paynim, ICSUN189. There's my QR code representation of my payment code. Donations help keep this show going. Or if you want to make a Bitcoin donation, I also keep a Bitcoin server online, a Bitcoin donation server online. You can scan this QR code and it'll take you to donate.econoalchemist.com. And there you can put in a dollar amount and then hit donate and it will generate a new Bitcoin address for you. Also, if you are a Bitcoin company who would like to sponsor the show and get your message out to my audience, please send me a DM. I would be interested in talking to you. Any KYC services, businesses need not apply, but anyone else, please, I would encourage you to reach out to me. I would be interested in talking to you. And with that, let's recap the show. As of block height number 739872, the difficulty has increased 1.29%, bringing the grand total to 30.28 trillion. Hash rate is hovering somewhere in between 202 exahash and 216 exahash. If you are in the market for an ASIC, you are getting a great value for your US dollar at $62.59 per terahash. You haven't seen prices this low since the China ban. And if you are interested in what your break-even price on electricity is right now, cruise over to insights.brains.com and check out what they have to say as far as an S9 at $0.06 cents per kilowatt hour or an S19 Pro at $0.18 cents per kilowatt hour. I'm sure you fall somewhere within that range. Check out Bitcoin Magazine for a story on Crusoe, a Bitcoin mining company that is helping capture flared gas in the Middle East to bring it directly to market through Bitcoin mining. And the Biden administration wants to set policies on Bitcoin mining and energy, but we'll see how far they get with that. Zero Hedge put out an article that highlights some of the biggest oil companies in the world and how they have been getting involved with Bitcoin mining over the last few months. Jason Williams is interested in launching a Bitcoin mine on a cruise ship that is powered by nuclear reactors. So that will be an interesting development if it happens. Bitrar.com adds uh, cool metrics to their website, including the Bitcoin node map. 
and it is interactive so you can check that out there home miners check out the network age on twitter for some immersion home mining check out p monkey btc on twitter for some home mining immersion information and check out bitcoin brappant and some of the cool design work he's been doing with this bitcoin mining enclosure and check out lincoin they have implemented paynims into their mining rewards so you can now set a static payment code without revealing any other transaction information about your wallet and it generates a new address each and every time so check that out with that that is the show i hope you have enjoyed and we'll do this again in 2016 blocks thank you